The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the more podcast. What an intro video. Mark has truly well and done, out, done himself. Can't get my teeth right. Well and truly outdone himself with his bit of editing skills there. I'm your host, Chris. I've been joined by Ash and Carl tonight to talk about that amazing new entry to the Champions League. Just in case you forgot, we'll put the video up to tell you. Newcastle United are in the top four. Champions League football next season for us. Can't wait to get stuck into this. We've got loads of good crack to talk about tonight. Just before we do, a little reminder, if you haven't already and you're new to the channel, consider subscribing. We'd love you to come and join us. We're now over 3,600 subscribers, so Mark is sick of me asking him to update this slide because he does it all the time. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody who's clicking the buttons and joining the channel. Uh, really appreciate it. We've got fans from all over, not just Newcastle fans at the minute, which is absolutely class. So we are live as well tonight. Jump in the comments by all means. We've got a few already in there as well. Gibbo is in the house, early doors. Good to see you too, Gibbo. And we've also got Paul in the house. The Chronicle Zone, Paul Gallant. Well done to Paul for his bet. Let's go to the food bank if anyone hasn't seen that. Congrats, Paul. Great to see uh, that come through, mate. And obviously, great to see um, great to see it come through. Right, so let's get stuck in then. So the first thing we're going to talk about is we've got our club back. And just before I get the boys' opinions on this, they are, they are going to allow me a little monologue, if you will. So during the dark times of the Ashley era, where all of us gave up hope, really, myself included, that there was never going to be any light in the darkness in this horrible, fat cockney bastards, evil regime, where we all hated going to the football. The, the city was just grey and miserable. There's no colour in it. There's no joy in it. And that guy was responsible for it. One man told us never to give up hope. One legend of the club. A lot of young fans may not realise how important this guy is to Newcastle United, but I'm a sad old bastard and I do certainly remember how important this guy is to Newcastle. Of course, I'm going to give props to the one and only King KK. Eddie may be King of the North, but KK is definitely King Kevin. This is just a little reminder of what this great man said back then. He said, don't ever give up on your club. Keep supporting it. It's your club. And trust me, one day... You will get your club back and it will be everything you wanted it to be. And by God, was KK right, as he always is. And that's why I'm wearing this jumper tonight in homage to him. I'm going to roll the sleeves up just like he did in the 90s. And we're going to get stuck right into it. Carl, coming to you first, mate. As KK said, mate, we've got the club back. We're back in the Champions League. It's where we belong, mate, isn't it? The champions. <laughs> it's not as good as Joe Litton, mate. It's a good effort. Well, that's all I was trying to do. Um, I think I was a bit like I think on Monday night I said in the chat I was I think I was just a bit subdued maybe because of the performance not the performance sorry the performance was decent but because I'd watched that game thing and how the hell we not scored and it was a bit like nil nil as you say I think it's actually just hit us this morning when I woke up uh, traveling into um, into work today I was just I, I just was like proper beaming from like ear to ear and yeah it's it's good. Um, takes you back to you know like 20 years ago as it was watching the likes of Newcastle against Barcelona and then obviously the times when we beat them three um beat, beat them with Tino's hat-trick so yeah it's just it's it's incredible and and as we've said this numerous times with it's definitely 
Um, it's definitely come before we all thought it might do, or we hoped it would. So it's a pleasant surprise, and yeah, I'm bloody chuffed. Oh, brilliant, man. It's great to hear. Ash, just coming to you as well, mate. I mean, we, what a season it's been, mate. Honestly, it seems to just defy expectation. You know, talking about those dark days that weren't even that far, you know, far away. At one point, we were arguing who was going to play Dwight Gale or Andy Carroll up front. You know, look, look where we've come now. You know, we're, we're eyeing at Barcelona next season and stuff. The way Carl's talking there, it's just, it's just phenomenal, mate, isn't it? What a season we've had. And how enjoyable has it been for you, mate, as a fan? I mean, to be fair, got to just look at the start of this season, man. Me and me and you, Chris, we've uh, we've both been guilty of slagging off a couple of our current crop of players <laughs> earlier on in the season. We were having a go at Sean Longstaff on a weekly basis, and now if he's not in the team, we're absolute gash. It's like the, just this season, we've just seen so many people come into their own, and what's devastating in a way is some of them aren't going to get to reap the rewards because there is going to be a big squad clear out in the summer. Some of these people that got us into this fourth place aren't going to get to kick a ball in the Champions League next season, which is a bit gutting, really. But if we want to stand any chance of competing next year, when yeah, we're going to need to step it up a bit because we are two, three years ahead of where we should be by now. Um, yeah. So I'm not expecting great things from next season, I've got to be honest. But I wasn't this season either. So I'm looking forward to being pleasantly surprised. Basically, put it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin thinks we're going to get Barcelona again. To be honest, with you. I'm not even bothered who we get. You know, it, you know, we're going to talk about player recruitment in, in a minute. But I mean, just just to be there, lads. I mean, Jack had said as well, loving the Twitter meltdown with some of the salty fans. I mean, the salt is pouring uh, all over Twitter from these, you know, bitter and miserable, you know, Liverpool fans, Man United fans. I mean, Man United is probably still going to finish in the top four, really. You know, I can't see. Chelsea beating them. Chelsea couldn't beat an egg at the minute. You know what I mean? The way they're playing. Obviously, we, we've got to play them. And then um, you've got they've got Fulham as well, haven't they? So uh, I can't see Man United losing. Um, and I really can't see Liverpool getting the top four, which is even better for me because if any manager was going to be upset, I wanted to be that Turkish team who <laughs> just uh, deserves nothing but misery from the rest of the league because he's the most irritating bloke in the world. If he comes back next season with glasses on, I'm sure he'll be much nicer. Ever since he got them eyes fixed, he seems to be a complete ball bag. But but anyway, screw them. You know, we we deserve this. I mean, just just talking about the season, Carl. I mean, you know, there was an interesting thing you were talking to me just before we came on air there about you know Sky and how they were talking about the way that they played. And there's no doubt within the season we, we kind of went off on a on a roller coaster at the start. Some of the performances we're putting, and I, I was lucky enough to be at the City game when, when we drew with them, and we absolutely battered them <clears throat> for a large portion of that game. It was only really when De Bruyne started to get that space because we don't have a number six to sit on them uh, when they got themselves back into the game. We, we should have really won that game, beat Manchester City. You know, we should have beat Liverpool if Jurgen Klopp didn't have a fucking TARDIS and add another 20 minutes on at the end of the game. Um, we should have beat them as well. So, but then the season did kind of go through little peaks and troughs, certainly around about the Carabao Cup final call, didn't it? That was the, I think that was the bit that you yeah. were talking about. Uh, I, it's, it was the first final in, again, what, 20-odd years? Mm. So so the Eddie Howe said, you know, um, that obviously the, the, the players maybe did take their eye off that. And it's like anything, if you're a top pro and you've got something around the corner, you don't want to miss it. So you don't want to really get injured for that. And I think maybe the intensity that we would normally go in with some of those games didn't it didn't happen. So we maybe didn't get a couple of the results that we 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 deserved. But if you look at them, if you look at the the season as a whole, um, I said to you before on air uh, before we went on air that the Sky showed a um, 
a stat from the Carabao Cup final that showed 14 games um, with a couple of draws, three losses and the rest wins. I think it was something like nine or whatever, one draw. But it was only second to, to Man City. So, so it's effectively, it was kind of like title form that we showed from the Carabao Cup final. So we know that we've done extremely well this year, but we've hit, we hit a couple of purple patches in the season where we went on runs and won seven, six and seven games in a row, which, you know, you talk about the salty um, comments from other fans saying, oh, well, we've went on a nine game unbeaten run or an eight game beaten run and we beat. Um, one of the teams that is getting in 7-0 and we beat the other one twice, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you did, but it's over 38 games. You can't just recreate the rules because you went on that run. At the end, we went on the run at two separate yeah. points in the season. So it's definitely past, um, you know, all expectations from my point of view. I, I thought, honestly, at the beginning of the season, I thought we'd have a good chance of getting Europe, like seventh place or something like that. And I was only using that, Chris, from the form of when something else I think you'll show in a second, the form of when Eddie Howe came in. Because them first nine games, yeah. mate, were quite rocky. It wasn't until... There were some until, tough moments. Yeah. Exactly. And it wasn't only until, thankfully, Kieran Clark did something ridiculous to get him sent, himself sent, sent off that we found uh, prime um, Patrick Vieira. In yeah. Joel and then it seemed to all start to fall into place. You know, other people start the scoring, and by God, our form after them first nine games last season was incredible. So if you look at that across the calendar year, which we did do, I think we were fourth or fifth in terms of in terms of form. Yeah, yeah, so that was definitely was, good. Sorry, Carl, go on. No, go on, that's fine. I'm just going to say it. So really. Um, it, it, it sort of shocked all us because we didn't expect to get champions. But <laughs> it's it, um, it's it's it. The, the stats are there to to back it up. Why we are there? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, Ash. Do you think there'll be a statue next to Shearer of, of Kieran Clark getting sent off and walking away with well, a <laughs> red card? Possibly because that seems to be the, the sliding door moment. Just a comment from Jack as well. Run by Ash. That's, that is a really good point. I think the World mm -hmm. Cup did break our momentum massively. I think because we had key players going there. I mean, they barely played, but certainly with regards to Callum Wilson, Ash. But I yeah, think the World Cup really screwed Wilson's fitness up, didn't it? Yeah, I think he's admitted it as such as well. And he said he tried so hard to get in that World Cup and then he came back and he just wasn't ready to get back into it. Everyone had had a bit of a rest and he hadn't. And he just sort of lost his momentum. But I think as well, the Carabao Cup final came straight after it as well. So it was like the two things that we'd had that broke our momentum. And it's just all credit to Eddie Howe for getting us back into it. I don't know. If you watch 442's video yesterday, I know you're not a fan of Adam Cleary, Chris. But I would be. I would be. I don't dislike the bloke. He's just not my cup of tea, to be fair. I know what you mean, yeah. But no, he, he broke it down brilliantly yesterday. Uh, the one change Eddie Howe made um, coming off the back of the cup and uh, just how he's managed to turn everything around. Yeah. Hell of a video. If you haven't watched it, wait until we're finished and then go. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get we'll get into Eddie Howe in a minute. I mean, to be honest, I've been talking about some of the stuff you guys have mentioned there in the comments as well. Um, the biggest issue was, I think we had a good, we had a good kind of start in fifteen uh, or fourteen, and outside of that, the, the quality drops so much. You know, so when you have Wilson getting fatigued with the World Cup, when you have um, 
you know, Isaac getting injured, you know, when you have Longstaff out and you have Willock out and you have Bruno getting a suspension or an injury, the, the impact on our team is so much bigger than, say, a City or an Arsenal or a Man United or even a Liverpool losing one of their particular players, less than Salah at Liverpool or something like that. They can kind of fill in and they can bring in somebody who's not as good, but not a million miles away, whereas our quality drops so much when we lose one of those key players. And, and I think trying to manage the season that we've kind of, we've found that we've had, you know, a cup final and a top four finish, you know, the fact that we were managing that with with a pretty relatively thin squad, yeah. I think is, is again, a brilliant job. And certainly with the way Eddie makes the lads play with that intensity and that, and that constant press, you know, other, other managers allow players to relax and, and, you know, settle a bit and, and, you know, come in and out of games, whereas Eddie's just full on, all of the time. So so I think to get through the season as we're having, get to a final, I mean, the final itself, just in isolation, I think we were just completely outdone by a more experienced team in finals and a more experienced manager in finals in Ten Hag. I don't think Man U were great. They just knew how to manage that game. If you go back and watch it, Bruno and Joe Litton are running around like a couple of puppy dogs chasing a ball in the park and Casemiro and Fred are just kind of sitting there and you can almost see Casemiro, I don't, I don't speak Portuguese, but you can almost see him saying to Fred, just let these two run themselves out in 20 minutes and then we'll be all right. And then you watch it in 20 minutes, Bruno and Joe Litton look gassed and that's when they step up the game and that's when Man United take control. So next time we get into a final like that, I think we'll have more experience with the players that we have, but also if you add in quality, they will bring that big game experience as well and they'll not manage finals. But but overall, lads, as we said, to, to get to where we have with this squad is incredible. I agree with you, Ash. We'll come on to transfers in a bit. There will be some of these players who won't get experience in Champions League, you know, and, and, and players who have really been with us, go back to what I said about KK, saying never give up. You know, players like Jamal Lascelles, Carl and, and, and Matt Ritchie, how important they were for us and Shelby as well, who's already yeah. gone. You know, we will never forget what these players did for us back then. But this club is progressing to places that these players just, quite frankly, aren't really good enough to to ever be in. No matter what magic Eddie can weave with them. Um, so I, I think you know you've got to say thanks and you know good luck with your career. And would you be surprised to see a few of these stalwarts go, mate, from the championship day? Not at all. I think you, what you have to do, and Eddie Howe's even said on the High Performance Podcast, like over the season and over time it'll be a, an evolution not a revolution of the, of the side mm-hmm. and what i think he means by that is is there may be times when he's discussed changing formations to the formation that we play today but also just like you've said then there's there's no sentiment in sports you you can't you can't be sentimental just because a player has been with you for a decade and and stuck with you in the the, the shit times you know, that's what yeah. the fans are for. So sadly, as Ash said, there will be casualties that will go. I did spot a comment um, in the comments. I can't remember who put it up. where saying the first 15 players um, will be who've been used within that squad will probably end up staying to a degree. Yeah. It'll be the ones that are after that that will probably go. Um, so like you've said, the the Lascelles, the 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 um Richies, there may be one there may be one bluebird that does leave who's actually been part of that squad, and you know who I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, in terms, yeah, in yeah. terms of uh, Sam Maxman, because I don't personally think he fits our like mode no. of how we play. No, um, and he is our most sellable asset in terms of players that you'd want to sell. 
to balance um, FFP. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and these guys, as as they said on multiple media outlets, these guys who run the club are on here to mess about and come second. You know, yes, they're going to accelerate where it is now um, in terms of what we can get in, but there certainly won't be, oh, you've been with us for X amount of years, we'll keep you for another year because, you know, Paul Dummett, how's he been potentially talking about getting another contract when he's played about... I think it's Europe. I think it's Europe, Carl, because um, of the yeah. homegrown quota. So I think the likes of Dummett... Um, people were even talking about re-signing Tim Crow, by the way, who would have <laughs> who would have covered a place Fraser for a third-place goalkeeper. There's or Fraser Forster. Forster on a free transfer as well. I can see that, you know, because, do you know what, to be fair to Forster... I know he's like, what is he, like 63 now or something? But yeah, no, sorry, Fraser, I'm only joking about Um No, but he, he did make some good saves uh, at St. James's Park when, you know, when he came in uh, for, for uh, yeah. Lloris, who, to be fair, was transparent in between yeah. the sticks in that game. So, but you look, yeah. going back to what you've just said then, Chris, you look at all of these teams that, and squads that have been in the Champions League. What's that goalkeeper who used to play for um, Ipswich and then he signed for Man City? Scott Carson. Scott Carson. Yes. Yeah. Perfect example. Scott yeah. Carson. You've got Fraser Forster who's signed for Spurs. You've got all these players who are maybe never going to play, but because one of the squads that they need, they might lift them into like a Carabao Cup um, competition or something like that. They'll bring them in, like you said, because either they've been trained by that team in the past or they've been English and they bring them yeah. in to satisfy that particular um, requirement. Yeah, some interesting comments there, Ash, with the transfers. Kev saying that obviously things say some will go agrees with Carl. I agree with that as well. I think we all agree with that. Uh, he'd sell Shaw for big money and maybe Burn. I can't yeah. see Burn or Shaw going because I just think Shaw Shaw will be I'm not sure he'll be that starting centre half uh, next to Botman. I think we might upgrade there, but he will be there to, to for his experience. And then also Burn can fill in two positions. So I don't think Burn will go. But but that's that's an interesting one for Murphy. And I can't believe I'm saying this, Ash. The, the guy who used to call Murphy the scarecrow if he only had a brain. Um, uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually looking at Tacoyan's comment. I'm thinking I wouldn't sell Jacob Murphy. What, what do you think, Ash? You guys are both no, humans. I'm exactly the same. I was watching his um, his interview on the pitch on Monday night, and I was just like, oh, please don't sell him. Like, oh, the lads just come so good, and he deserves. Mm. Even if he just gets half an hour in one game in the Champions League. He's earned that right this Just to go like that and wave or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just <laughs> in the such a shit interviews have been brilliant and they're just the daft things that he does. Ah, he's just brilliant to have around the club. As yeah. Just like a, well, not a scarecrow, a clown. <laughs> he's, he's just a brilliant <laughs> <little> clown. <laughs> yeah. George says he doesn't want, doesn't want to lose Murphy. That I, I can't disagree with that, to be honest with you. Jack's got an interesting one there. I mean, we're going to talk about players coming in, but by all means, guys, fire in your comments and we'll talk about We'll talk about potential outgoings. We'll do an end of season show where we we'll talk about who we think will go uh, and run through the squad. But Jack saying it's a hot take this, but he'd look to sell Mickey. He's been great this season, so we might get the best price from now. Now I can kind of understand that, Jack. It's not as hot of a take as, as you I'll may think. Um, especially if you know we're going to come out a marquee player in a minute. Especially if that marquee player comes in, and then you maybe get another really good player who both play in Mickey's positions. Would you ever get the offer you get for Miggy after this season now? You probably wouldn't, lads. Yeah, cashing on him now. He's had the best season we've ever had. He's been here long enough, and this is I think this was maybe a flash in the pan the first half of this season. Mm. And while it's still fresh in people's minds, we might get our money back for him. So is is he not integral, Carl? With his work rate and what he puts in, is he not integral to the way we play? 
very, very similar to Murphy in the way that he runs around like that. So when you look at the um, goals to assist outputs that Miggy's had, it's obviously more than Murphy. Mm. Um, but I don't think they would sell Miggy until they've been to the States because obviously there's going to be a huge... There's yeah. going to be a huge gathering. It's going to be like the return of the king for uh, Miggy at Atlanta because they absolutely love him yeah. there. So, like, yeah, it, you can understand why, but in the same breath, if we upgrade to these Calabar players that we're going to talk about, for me, Miggy is a position where you'd potentially, at the beginning of the season, all three of us here would have said, we need a right-sided player, all of us. So the fact that he's banged in 11 goals and two assists or whatever, but he's not scored in how long? And when you, when you get that next extra level of where we want him to potentially compete, you need those white players to come to contribute, like more goals and assists. Yeah. Do you think that George is right there? Do you think because he's only got one foot, Ash? Do you think that's uh, about right, mate? Or? I think that's pretty well established at this point, isn't it? I mean, so he's maybe making it well. With the best way, yeah, no, he's been on, on the pitch of the day. He's got a better right foot than, than his dad has. And he never used it at all. Um, yeah, I love Almiron, I do, but I think we need to do better next season. Yeah, well, well, it's a, it's a fair shout. And, and you know how I love a segue. It's a perfect segue, as Carl said, Return of the King. To Miggy, we are now going to move on to talk about this man right here, the king of the north himself, Eddie Howe. Lovely segue. I do love a segue. Carl, you set me well up there, mate. So, Eddie Howe, manager of the season, is our next category. Now, this, the, to me, this is a no-brainer. But just in case you're still unsure, you're still on the fence, let's just show you a little slide here, a little image that might just turn you around, even if you are a neutral. So, the top there shows you where we were as a football club when Eddie Howe joined. We were sitting 19th in the table, sandwiched between Burnley and Norwich, which is the most relegation sentence you'll ever hear in your life, sitting on five points. Not only did Eddie Howe keep us in the Premier League, you fast forward a year later, we are sitting on 70 points, 7-0, 65 points more than where we were then. And we're third in the league behind Manchester City, who are just the best team in Europe, and Arsenal, who have pushed them so close this season. Ash, I'm going to come to you first on this one, mate. If that doesn't scream manager of the season, what the hell does, mate? I honestly can't believe that there's anybody else in the conversation, to be quite honest. I mean, it, it would have been between him and Arteta had Arteta won the league. But you spend 93% of the season in first to finish second. That, to me, is not manager of the season. Pep's expected to win the league, so he's out of the contention. There have been some other decent managers further down, but nobody's done what Eddie has. Nobody. It has to be him. It's got to be. Carl, what's your take on it, mate? You Obviously, we're biased, but take your black, no, white, blue. No, <laughs> I think you look at the candidates, the six candidates, isn't there? There's Pep, Eddie, Unai Emery, Arteta, Gary O'Neill, and who's the, the last one? It's a Brighton manager. Well, yeah. I don't know how yeah. so, so if I was to put my one, two, three, I'd, have, I'd probably have um, Gary O'Neill in third based on what he'd done for them, because when Scott Parker was there, he couldn't get a tune out of them. He's bought really no real players, and he's got them safe. And when there was everybody's tip to go down. So it's not, sometimes it's not about what they win. 
to get the manager, like to get the particular prizes. So I think I'd put him third. I'd put Brighton's Dezebo in second place because I think they've had an outstanding season and I think they're an absolute fantastic um, team to watch. And this, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little my prediction now. I think, I think they've got a real chance to win whatever competition they're in in Europe next season based on how they play football on their European style of play. And then I'd put Eddie at first, in first place based on so based on what he's done and what we yeah. know. And I know I'm biased, but he's been brilliant. That's a great comment by Stu there. Manager <laughs> of the season has to be Mad Dog. Has to be Mad Dog, yeah. Jason Tiller. Great shout, Stu. Great shout. Ash, what, what would your take be then? Obviously, you know, in amongst them candidates. Try to take your black and white blinkers off for half a second. Eddie, 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 he came in, and now they're pushing. They could possibly still get Europe. It's like, that's massive. Uh, Gary O'Neill definitely deserves to be in the top three. His first job in management, he's turned Bournemouth round. And uh, number one, Eddie Howe. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, it, it, it's hard to disagree. I'm just I'm just double-checking the uh, the list of them here. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I would probably go, <clears throat> I'd probably agree with Carl, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just looking, is, is, is Gary O'Neill actually in the list, Carl? I don't he is, is he? I don't no, he's not. So you've got Arteta, um, you've got Mikel Arteta, you've got De Zerbi, Emery, Pep, Howe, and Marco Silva's actually there from Fulham. Oh, um, I'm not going to put Marco Silva in there. Swap, swap him around with, uh, yeah, no, I'm not having that. Yeah, Gary Neal no. should be in there, Carl. I think you're a great, I think it's a good shot. But, but out of them three, out of them three, um, I mean, it, it's difficult to be fair because if Pep wins the treble, it's the first domestic treble or domestic team to win the treble since 1999. But as you say, Ash, Pep's almost expected to, to do this type of thing. Yeah, so for me, I think I would go um, with um, Emery third, I think Zerbi second, because to to get them where you, where they were after the whole, you know, getting rid of uh, Potter and, and, you know, Ashworth leaving and everything else, to do that with... Yeah. You know, with all of that noise in the background, is an incredible achievement in there. And to play great football, do you know what? He's a class act as well. When we humped them, the first thing he did was say Newcastle were brilliant, deserved that, and they deserve the Champions League. So I, I say that's a bit of touch of class, something that Mikel Arteta, with his fucking Lego hair, lacks in spades. So he can whistle. He's not getting a my top three. And obviously, number one has got to be Eddie Howe to do what to do what he's done. Even if I wasn't a Newcastle fan, and a lot of my mates. I speak to you know my colleagues through work aren't Newcastle fans, and they're saying the same thing. To take a team from a complete dead cert to go down to, to Champions League football in 12 months is absolutely phenomenal. You know, I, I don't think the guy's getting enough praise. I really don't. I know certain um, media outlets will refuse to give him praise because of who signs his paycheck. But fucking hell, give the guy his credit, you know, for, for what he's done. For me, it's a no-brainer, lads. It really is. I think you're totally right. Anyhow. Manager of the season. Let's go for it. I'm laughing at Absolutely. Ian's comment here. Tyndall is replacing Schofield. <laughs> <laughs> Holly will be thrilled, I'm sure, that year. <laughs> and uh, he's late, He's late, but he's uh, he's worth the wait. He's finally in the comments, as Mark. He's finally here, as he says. Obviously, dad duties have uh, stopped Mark coming on the pod tonight, so he'll be causing mischief in the comments. But, but yes, lads, I mean, 
here's a here's a question for the Eddie Howe scenario, just to throw it both at you. I'll throw it at you first, Carl. Now, this guy has so much credit in the bank here, right? It's 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 yeah. totally you know unquestionable how much credit this guy has in the bank. It isn't just what he's done on the pitch, it's off the pitch, it's the feeling in the city, it's the engagement with the supporters. He's just he's created not just a good team, but he's created an unbelievable feeling of unity, togetherness, and, and everybody in that ground or everybody watching on the TV, wherever you are in the world, feels the love from Newcastle United, and Eddie Howe is massively responsible for that. Fast forward to next season, when we're in the Champions League, say we go on a bit of a losing streak, is Eddie under pressure, or has he got that much credit in the bank that he walks on water? It, it really, really does depend on the ownership group in terms of yeah. and when I say the what, ownership group. What pressures they put on him for next season. Yeah. I don't mean the English contingent of the ownership group. I mean Pith. Yes. Yes. Because with them being I think they'll be quite ruthless in terms of decisions that they'll make. I think even the other two ownership groups who have got the ten percent stake, I think they'll be they could be ruthless with them as well. But as everything's gone as it's it needs to at the moment, then I think there is plenty of that in the bank. Like what what um Gary Neville basically turned around and said next season they might not finish in the in the Champions League position because yeah, we're adding in possibility. We're adding in this extra level of games of high intensity. What you've got to think about is that if we finished fifth or sixth or seventh next season, would that be defined as a, as a failure? Well not necessarily no. You're building again because you're getting better caliber players. So I think unless we completely nosedive and go right near the bottom, then I don't think we would um, change managers. And I think Eddie's doing a fantastic job anyway. So it's all hypothetical. Yeah, absolutely. Ash, same question to you. Um, same question to you, I suppose, mate. That I agree with Carl. I mean, um, it's all about what the expectations of the owners are, 100%. Um, but... What Eddie's done and what he's created, he saw a man of Stavely cuddling him at the end of the game, just saying thank you, you know, and just just you could see the raw emotion coming off of it just for what he's done. And he, he's so humble, Eddie. He's just like, oh, that's all right, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing. But, but I mean, do, do you think, again, you know, he's got enough credit in the bank that if we do tail off next season, we do have some problems? Do you, do you, the next section we're going to talk about probably plays into whether he will have problems or not in terms of who comes into the squad and what it does to the balance. But if we go on a little bit of a, of a wobble, as Gary Neville called it, um, next season. He did say that would have been a sweat running down his head because he <laughs> wants us to wobble because he's desperate for us not to overtake his beloved Manchester United. But what do you think, uh, uh, Ash? Do you think Eddie's going to be all right? Yeah, 100% agree with what Carl said. Um, only if we're somewhere floating around the relegation places will any sort of action be taken. I think he's got enough credit in the bank now. I think everybody knows that this is a freak season. We're ahead of where we should be. And uh, yeah, Next season, we're going to have Chelsea coming back and Liverpool coming back. We've got Champions League football on top. Uh, Brighton are looking strong. It's going to be a lot harder to to achieve Champions League next year. So I, so. I, I think if everyone just puts a sensible head on and don't get carried away, then yeah, he should he should be all right. It's just as long as we don't get entitled and think that we should be in the top four again. Um, yeah. 
just just laughing at this comment here from from Kev. Have we ever met Atten Deck? We were all in Biker Grove, Kev. We were in the back getting the pot from the, uh, the tuck shop, mate. When uh, when Atten Deck were doing the the Biker Grove massive, you just didn't see us, mate. I had more hair, and Ash didn't have a beard back then, so uh, you wouldn't recognise me. I was knocking off Spuggy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, mate! How can you do Spuggy like that? That's dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. Northeast royalty, mate. <laughs> You weren't in Denton Burn, were you, Carl? Was that you were going to admit there? Were you one of Denton Burn massive there, were you, mate? Oh, no. I actually um, I actually used to drink in a pub that was run by um, uh, Fru, if you remember him. Oh, I do remember Fru, yeah. um, Ant and Deck, but he did, to be fair, he did turn around and say, like, when they had, um, like, like, when they all got back together after so many years and that, he went, all the people that had got quite famous, like, Donna Ray, if you like, and Ant and Deck and that Jill Halfpenny and all them, he said they were all twats. Those, <laughs> those twats. <laughs> you kind of forget the groove, you bastards. You kind of forget exactly. the groove. Anyway, we're, 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 we've gone off on a, on a side subject there, just like we always do at Evermore. That's the best part about the show. Uh, so moving on to the, to the next category, but that probably plays into you know how Eddie's season goes. Next season, marquee signings. So um, just uh, sticking with us, I'll kick off with this call and we'll get your take on it first. Um, so there has been talk about we are going to go for some marquee signings. We, we, we know the names have been linked to, loads of names have been around. Some names don't threaten to go away. One name in particular came off the bench to play against us um, on Monday night um, when we drew nil-nil. Um, he's not been great the last few weeks, still a good player uh, in the shape of James Madison. So that's a name that doesn't go away. Uh, Musa Diaby has, has come back out uh, in the media. Apparently, Manchester United won him. But Eddie hasn't poured water on this whole um, marquee signing thing. He, he said, you know, yeah, we'll be in for some for some key players. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think it is something that that the club will have to look at, mate. Would you agree in terms of 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 quality signs or marquee signs, as you would call them? I think the key. I know Eddie's turned around and said we need effectively two um two starting lineups of equal quality to compete on fronts. And I think over over the coming years we will get to that point. What we've got to remember here is we've had three transfer windows of the new ownership regime. Um but we had 14 years of neglect um before that. So I think for me, I think personally it'll be quality over quantity yeah. and I think whereas people are saying oh you know we'll get six seven eight players I don't think we will I think we'll be I think what we'll probably do is we'll get four real top quality players and then we'll probably sign some young kids to bulk out the um squad and I sent on the chat the other day I don't know if you've seen it but it, after the after the um Leicester game and before the Leicester game there was a hell of a lot of people Saying, oh, I'm delighted to uh, announce I'm now um, the Southeast um, correspondent for like under 13s to under 18s. We had someone from Leicester City. We had a guy that came out and ex Manchester United coming over. So we've just announced about eight to 10 new um, jobs. And that's petering out the, the, the you know, the reserves. Um, in terms of in terms of that, so I think we're looking at four key players. And then probably a couple of youngins that will fit around there. Yeah, I had to pull this one up for just for you, Carl, because um, your favourite left back is in there, Kieran Tierney. <laughs> which I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out to Ash because I can see you, know you stressing. <laughs> can I just say, if he was to come in for like say 
15 million or something like that, then I've not got a problem. But this 30 mm. million bullshit that's getting banded around, it's too much for an injury-prone player who's just this season played, you know, a number of games. He might turn out to be, like, great, but I just, I just, I'd rather spend the money elsewhere. That's why I've got a baby bonnet about it. There's, there's a story somewhere, Carl, where this lad owes you a fiver. You met him in a bar in Glasgow. <laughs> with him. He reneged on the bet. He ran out the door and you said, that fucking Kieran Tierney. I'd never want him anywhere near my football club. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> steady, steady. Oh, <laughs> I know, you forget because of the accent. But, uh, I mean, there's some other players, that, you know, I think is, is, is uh, Sabah Sly as well um, from the Bundesliga. Yeah. I think I can never get his name right. I just kind of mumble my way through it like I'm trying to chew an apple. Um, so him and uh, Tierney, uh, I mean, Declan Rice is another one. I think, you know, Stu's banged that in there as well. For me, Ash, you know, you're talking about marquee players, right? You look at the key positions in, in this lineup that I think we need to get filled. Let's, let's just run through them, right? Left back, 100%. We need a proper left back, right? Dan Burns has been great. Can't go in the Champions League with Dan Burns left back. I'm sorry, he can't. Um, right-sided centre-half for... for um, Challenge and Shaw for the position. You know, there's been links to the is it the French guy Tadebo from Nice who looks brilliant, light and yeah. fast. But definitely, definitely, probably the most important position of all, Ash, we need a number six. We need a defensive midfielder. And then you probably look at maybe somebody in the attacking third. Anywhere else outside of those, Ash? And in those positions, is there anybody marquee in your mindset? You think, right, that's the person, get him in. Uh, yeah, I think I've got one for every position there. Um... Yeah, good. <laughs> I like to say at the back. Yeah. Um I'm a fan of Kieran Tini. I know Carl's five. Yep, I'll give you that five of Carl if we sign uh, <laughs> the call it quits and you can get behind the lad. I tell you what, we'll give him two fifty a piece. It's cost of living crisis on Ash. Don't skip <laughs> we'll split that. We'll split that bet down the middle. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I I want to sign in. And Declan Rice for me is not possible, but I would love it. I don't think so, yeah. I'd love it. We should, why shouldn't we be in from, though? Why shouldn't we be in from? There's no reason why we shouldn't. We're, we're a Champions League take... club, but the biggest, one of the biggest four clubs in the league. Why not? Yeah, they said to take 100 million plus a player. I know a player that would uh, fit quite well down there, Mr. St. Maximin. Yeah. He would, he'd take a few million off the price tag. Um would. Captain Piss on Your Chips was on it this morning, good old Duke Edwards, saying that... Um, <laughs> We're not going to change our wage structure. So I don't understand that when you've got reports saying that we're going to sign marquee signings, but we're not going to change our wage structure. How can you spend 100 million on Declan Rice and then offer him 50 grand a week? Yeah, you got that. 120 it's, it's not, is, the, is the cap. But Bruno's going up to 200, isn't he? So the cap's going to have to go up. It's it? going to have to if we want Bruno these players. 200, somebody else wants more money. Yeah. I know it's going to like disrupt things initially. People are going to start asking for more money. But at the end of the day, if we're going in the Champions League, we need Champions League quality players and you have to pay them Champions League wages. There's a there's a Champions League player right there, Carl. Benjamin Sesko. Sesko the good what, one. What um, he is, mate. This is, for me... This is where we, this is where we um, should be shopping. I know you mentioned the other day about that Maloko um, um, from Dortmund, the young, um, yeah, the young striker. Yeah, he's a smash um, player. Now, now, I think what you do is you look at players who have played in the Champions League, who are young, from clubs that probably can't really compete with the likes of Newcastle coming in and offering, you know, thirty million, forty million for someone like this. But then, guess what? The the wages that they're on in that in that particular club in that particular country probably is 40, 30, 40, 50 k a week. 
So then the minute that you're signing them over here and you say, I'll give you 70K, it fits within your budget and you get a, a, a proven Champions League player who's potentially going to do that. So, so that name there, and I think you could then afford a Declan Rice if you then packed the signings around that, which were like, say, if the wage budget's 200 grand because Bruno's going up to that, but you bring Declan Rice in and you have to give him 300K, a couple of other players that you sign of that calibre, that we've just those two young lads from the Champions League that you mentioned, you give them less money, then you can't afford that. But then it's just, like you said, it's that ripple effect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, you're right. I, I, do like, I do like your rhymes you're spitting there, George. Some serious <laughs> flow going on there. Rice would be nice, but Kante would be handy. It's like, like having Ren in the comments. Yeah, it is, I was going to say, mate. God, but I'd love Ren on the show. What a top that is. Uh, great, great, great musician. Great musician. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I think, I think you know, defensive midfield, yeah, you're right. It, you know, the couple of young players around, you know, Kefran Turam is one. I think Kev's in the comments saying there as well. He he would definitely be an investment for one for the future. I mean, the, the kid seems to have it all. I think Kone as well from, is it Mushe Gladbach? I know Dai's a huge fan of that kid. And you're talking about a young player, athletic, you know, engine for days, you know, strong in the tackles, good in the air, you know, those kind of players. Obviously, with them being younger players, it, it's a big ask to throw them in. But the likes of, likes of Botman, uh, the likes of um, Bruno, even as well, younger players to the league. You know, they they've shown how quickly that they can adapt. Um, you know, and, and obviously um, step into the league and, and play the way we are. William wants uh, Carvera, or we riot. Yeah, that would be a hell of a sign of it as well. I must admit, what a player he is. Um, another one, Kev saying there as well. Actually, have people gone off uh, DRB and we've gone off Madison? The Madison one's funny, lads, because James Madison's a great footballer, right? There's no doubt about that. Harvey Barnes is a good player too. Um, I was amazed that Leicester dropped them. It was almost a clear indication that we don't want these two getting knackered so we can sell them and cash in, is what I was thinking. But but Madison is still a talent of football, and he had a couple of little tiny glimpses where he did slip a few through passes through. There weren't loads. But James Madison, there seems to be a funny one on, on Madison. Ash, just, just getting your take on this one. Some people are saying he's going to go down south. Um, other people are saying, why would he choose Spurs over, over Newcastle United? The, the big question is, and I've actually started to doubt this as well, mate, does he even fit into how we play James Madison as, as good as he can be? You throw him in that midfield with Bruno and a number six, what, you drop Joe Linton? Do you play Joe Linton in the front left or the front three? How, how would Madison fit or does he fit? That's a good point, actually. Uh, um, I always have him in mind as going down the right-hand side, so like a replacement for Almiron, but I think He's sort of brought himself back more central, hasn't he? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, he doesn't. For me, he doesn't knock Joe Linton out the side. Probably doesn't knock Sean Longstaff out the side at the minute, to be quite honest, because we need him. Um, I still like him, and I still think like in in that shit Leicester side this season, he's got what ten goals, nine assists, or the other he's way still, around. Still good. It's still he's good. Still a player, and we yeah. need someone with that creativity. But as to how he fits into the current system, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I've, right. I'm you. I'm like you. I mean, I love the guy, but I don't know well, where he fits. The the thing is, the comment that I said before about what Eddie Howard himself has said, it's about evolution, not revolution. So yeah, we need players. and We need players that will come in, that will change something. Now, yeah. If we go and play the formation that we've played since Eddie Howe come in, then absolutely your points are valid. But if we now need to unlock a, a tight game, we 
We could have done with that against Leicester if we had been going for that result. True. We, so, we did, like, I was just frustrated. I know, I, I know Di put in the comments, use a lot of mental. We had 70-odd percent possession. We had 20-odd shots. We hit the bar. We hit the pole. So we, we, it wasn't for the one to try in, but we just, sometimes we just need a little bit something different. So yeah, an X factor, another just, option off the bench to do something. Exactly. Yeah. And he but the thing is he wouldn't come in for a bench spot and you no, wouldn't no, spunk, be starting. You wouldn't spunk 40 million up the wall to have someone who isn't, as Ash said, isn't there to fit within that model of formation style like you go. So it's a bit of a tricky one. If the if the if the club won him, then I think they'll go out and try and sign him like they did in in, in, in January. Yeah, that's not a bad shout there, uh, Ash from Peter. I mean, like Asensio on a free, I mean, on a free as well. Pace is going to be free. Adrian Robbio yeah. as well, he's free. And there'll be lots of free players that we can maybe take advantage of that free market. And a lot of these guys have got Champions League experience as well, which add to that. And if you want to go far in that competition, Sean saying that Madison can't play at the pace that we play, especially off the ball. That That is a valid point. Um, but he but, does make some good passes again, as, as would be far. Sean Longstaff couldn't at the start of the season. Very true. I mean, you, you give Eddie Madison in a preseason and say, right, I want you to be like this, and this is the bit. I mean, this is a bit. This is the bit really how it appeals to players and must do, right? You look at someone like James Madison. He's got to the World Cup squad. He's got himself back in the England picture. You know, his team's had a horrendous season. You know, there's a good chance they'll go down, right, and, and deservedly so. If he's looking for his next move and he's thinking to himself, I want a manager and a club that'll take me to the next level. And Spurs coming from and Newcastle coming from. He's looking going, right, look what Eddie Howe's done with Longstaff, with Joe Linton, with Almiron. You know, what could he do for me? He goes to England and he's already said this. He hears Wilson and Trippier and Pope talking about what it's like to play for this football club and this manager. He'll have it in his ear non-stop. Spurs are not a settled place to play your football. If he goes to Spurs and Harry Kane goes, all the pressure will be on him to do something. You know, they might not sign as good of a replacement as Kane. So that's a state of flux. So I think if we are if we are in for Madison, I see Madison coming to Newcastle. I can't see him making any other decision personally. But then it'll be all up to Eddie Howe as to what, you know, what he can do out of him. As, as Gibbo says there, we don't play with a 10. But does Eddie Howe, you know, think, right, I'll change, as Carl said, I'll change the formation a bit and I'll stick Madison in behind maybe Isaac or Wilson because now I've got a player to do that. You know, and then I have... I have maybe, or maybe I have Madison and Bruno as attacking midfielders behind the front two, you know. And however, he might change things because he, he's, he's a constantly evolving manager, anyhow. That's what he did. He went away for a year and he kind of travelled the globe. That should have been the Amazon documentary, by the way, not the Newcastle one. <laughs> Eddie Howe going around and see all these different football clubs. <laughs> what, what, what a show that would have been, and, you know, <laughs> learning from all these different managers. So he, he's, he's able to adapt, he's able to change. And I think you're right, Carl. I think. Players like Madison coming in with this manager, they can adapt and they can change. But what I was going to say as well, I've just seen a comment before about, um, so there it is there, we need four to five upgrades. He trusts Eddie and he trusts Ashworth to do his job. Yeah. Now, that's the one key figure who we've not really mentioned yet, Ashworth. Yeah. We've not yeah. seen We've not seen what he can do yet in a transfer window properly. Now, if we unearth some of the players that, Brighton brought in like Caicedo, Matoma, wow. um, yeah. uh, they, McAllister, they, McAllister, got up front Ferguson, who looks like a real player. Um, you, you know, 
you, you know what they're doing now when they were signed. Who did the sign when they signed Anthony Gordon? Which we will see, by the way, on the documentary behind the scenes about how they've done that. They've now got a they've now got a PowerPoint presentation to to roll out to all these these potential signings that we're going to get from Europe and all the rest of people that no one would have heard of. And then yeah. I think we'll unearth a couple of gems. People are saying everybody wants to copy what Brighton are doing. Guess what? We've got their number one guy who's set that all up, who will have just, all of them contacts in his black book. I've just, I've just had Batman flashbacks there, Rash, but he said, you're my number one guy. Remember the old Jack Nicholson? We love a movie reference on this bit. Sorry, Carl. We do, we do. That's, that's, that's where I think we'll... Um, in Ashworth against who was it against now? The home game when he came on and he was was he on BT or Sky or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. He was and chatting he said, and he was yeah, he was so brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant. What he said, he said, you know, this is an evolution, uh, an evolution in terms of signing players, bringing them in, moving players out. Like I say, Sam Maximan to go out and um, to to set to balance the FFP, but they're all about investing in the youth. From around the world, and I think I think we will do that, mate. Yeah, absolutely, mate. There's, there's lot, lots of links to uh, a, a as a Sabasly uh, in in the comments there. Sabasly. Um, if you say it slowly, it sounds better. Um, I mean, I think I think we have got to trust the lads, as Carl says there. Rash, we've got to trust the guys who've been put in that position. And great shout, Carl. Some of them, bright and silence. I mean, do you know what? Talking about the number six, I know we battered them, right? I love Casido. Him and Joe Linton were right at each other. And it was a proper throwback to midfield battles of years gone by. And I kept looking, going, I'd love that kid behind Bruno and Joe Linton. He'd be such a shit house, wouldn't he, mate? What a sign. 21, mate. He's only going to get better, Ash, isn't he, that kid? Imagine being 21 and squaring up to Joe Linton and just <laughs> laughing in his face. That and never seeing your that, 22nd mate. birthday at all. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that first day in training when uh, Anthony Gordon came in and they, they wheeled him straight over yes, to Trippier yeah, and Shah. Can you imagine doing that with Casado? And then now uh, there's Joe Linton. You remember him, don't you? <laughs> George, George has totally got the reference there. Poor old Bob from Batman. Poor old I'll tell Bob. you something. Didn't, didn't he look like David Batty a bit? Bob from Batman. Go back and watch Batman 1989. He's a little bit like David Batty with long hair. That go with long that. hair. Yeah, go and check that <laughs> I'm out. Have to watch it again, yeah. The next next um, episode, guys, come in the comments and tell me. About it. <laughs> no, I, th I think you're right, guys. The, the you know the, as Peter says there, the RB's still on the list, especially now we've got Champions League. Who thinks the price will be the the deal breaker? But you know, as as, as Stuart saying there as well, everyone's talking about 50, 60, 70 million quid. As Carl rightly said. Ash, Ashworth can pull out these gems for five or ten million. You can guarantee Ashworth had a list of players, it, you, the same kind of quality and caliber that he was given to Brighton. He'll bring that list with him, he, like anybody does when you go to a job. You bring the list of your prospects with you. Think, you say, by the way, go get these. The thing is, Chris, the perfect club of picking out players now is Man City using the algorithms that they do. You know, in yeah. terms of it's not. All around, you know, based based around, oh, we're linked with this player because we've sent a couple of scouts to him. They don't, you know, there'll be a whole wave of these players, like we said there. There'll be some absolute gems, and there'll be proper metrics and and key data and and, and lists that will go on and on and on and on of, of those types of players. So I I can see, you know, a, a good a good number of players that would come in that could be real Stonewall. You know, potential to be Stonewall uh, world class players. 
Absolutely, mate. I don't disagree. That's a good one, Ash, just to finish on this section. Uh, um, is it Big Ferguson from uh, Brighton? But I think you'd have to pay premium to get that lad out of there because they really rate him, don't they? Yeah, he's dug in like an Alabama tick. <laughs> His name's not coming out of Brighton. <laughs> come on, come on. Let's, I can't do the Slack John one because we'll get kicked off. <laughs> don't say that one, mate. Don't, don't yeah, he's, he's not coming out of there anytime soon, but we have been no, no. some absolutely fantastic young players. I mean, one's just being mentioned there. Yeah, we did a rumour hazard on him, uh, uh, Guela. From, ah, the uh, He looks yeah. unbelievable, that kid, 18 year, 19 year old or whatever he is. Uh, quality, skill, quick feet, uh, vision, you name it. If we can get a kid like that, unlike Grand Qual, I don't think he would go out on loan. I think he would stay and be part of the, yeah. the team. Because if you're playing for Fenerbahce wearing the number 10 shirt at 18, you don't get sent out on loan to fucking Hearts. Or uh, Wraith Rovers or something like that, do you, mate? We keep that kid there. Uh, we've got he's on the list. We've got one Alex Scott from Bristol City. Um, yeah, not not much of the day, Alex Scott. <laughs> uh, good signing. Should be good signing. Yeah, she be that bad. And um, one that came up today was Hayden. I want to say Hackett, possibly. I forgot his name. Middlesbrough yeah. lad uh, just come through the youth academy. Had a hell of a season with Borough. Um, he's on our radar as well. He's also and the Blackburn uh, midfielder, isn't it? As well, Blackburn midfielder, to. and also the young Sunderland captain, who's also a Jory as well. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard a bit. Is it Chris Rigg? Is it Chris Rigg? Chris, Chris Rigg. Rigg, Rigg, that's Rigg. Yeah. Chris yeah. Rigg. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be a special talent, and the fact that Sunderland haven't been promoted, which I know yeah. we don't talk about them, but the fact that they haven't been promoted. If they want to, if they want to grow into um, a steady championship side to to, to um, you know to, to to push for promotion again, they're going to need to bring some money in, some extra revenue because they've not got money. So they, they might want to cash in on someone like that. And if we go in with like a 10, 15 million pound bidding for them, I think they'll yeah. snap their hands off. Unless right. we can sign him because he's only still classed as a, um, it might go to a tribunal or something. Yeah, possibly. The, the Blackburn midfield was Adam Wharton we were linked to. He looks very, very kind of Carrick-esque with the way he uses the ball. Yeah. Very good play. Only 18 years old as well. Ma- great comment there, George. Uh, he's thrown out more movie references there. <laughs> Goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. I must admit, one of the best things I ever heard. Uh, we've talked about other people's podcasts too much on our own podcast. Make sure you watch our podcast. But I did watch a True Faith podcast where Norman Riley used to be on it. And that's the words he used to describe how handsome Callum Wilson was. And I had a massive respect for that because that was that was absolutely stupendous by Norman Riley. So if he ever watches this, Norman, you're a top bloke, mate. You're a top bloke. I miss you on that show, mate. But yeah, so moving on to the last section, guys. You know, we'll do loads of rumor and um, stories over the, the summer in the close season, guys. Make sure you keep it ever more. Mark will get the stat computer firing up and we'll uh, we'll be looking at all these players linked and seeing how we think they'll fit in to the club. But I can't believe I'm saying this. We're going to finish it off looking at the next game. Who really gives a shit? We've got Chelsea next. You know, flip-flops are on. Nick Pope's broke his thumb. Carl, do you care? I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, play, I'd play the championship winning uh, women's team, Me, I'm not asked. <laughs> they, they beat Chelsea, though. They smashed Chelsea, to be fair, but they were a great side, the lasses. So. Yeah, I think... What, um, what, what are you thinking, man? Do you think we'll see some changes? I think we'll see changes. I think we'll absolutely see changes. I think, uh, obviously, the goalkeeper's had an operation, so he's not going to play. Exactly like someone just put in there, that Lewis Miley. Um, he's yeah, good show. In the um, squad a few times, I think we're going to potentially see someone like Jamal Lewis come in. Um, we might even see Harris and Aspi um, get some time. I think so, he might get a game, yeah. I think, yeah. I think he, he probably might want to keep the likes of Isak, 
um, in uh, maybe maybe Wilson, but Sam Maximum might get a full full game. Might get a game. Gordon as well. Um, Gordon will probably get a run out. Yeah, I think. Gordon. So so I think what I, um, what I will say is when you've looked at the bench, we've actually had a lot more options for a while. I think the yeah. likes of Bruno probably. Um, I think based on what he was saying the other day, I think his season's done. I think he'll go and get that ankle sorted out. Um, and and as I say, Trippy has played just about every game, so I could probably say about five or six um, changes. Yeah. And I, I, I personally don't think Chelsea will be that arsed either, to be honest. No, no, that, I think you're probably right. Any any score predictions, Carl? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Best score prediction all season, mate. Uh, Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea been hilarious this season. Hats off to, to, to Todd Boney. I mean, anyone who takes advice from James Cordnash to, to where to get your next manager from, it's got it's got to go in. We don't do the bell ends of the week anymore, but if we did bell end of the season, I think he would definitely be a front runner yeah. for that one, mate. I mean, that is that is atrocious. What's your take on the Chelsea game? Ash, are you the same as Carl? There could be, be quite a few changes, rest players. Yeah. You know, Bruno Bruno's got that ankle problem. Send him <clears> off, get him, get him. Under the knife, get them sorted, get them away, and how they are. Do you think there'll be a bit of that going on? Yeah, literally anybody who's carrying a knock, don't bother giving them any game time at all. Just let them start the recovery. Yeah, exactly. The, I mean, how many games has he has Gamara's played with that dodgy ankle? Oh man, too man he's still class, off. and he's still class, even though he's, <laughs> he's still exactly. really. Was that terrible? Um, I'd like to see Larice. In uh, in between the sticks, yeah, his, people are saying that Caris Caris and goal, maybe, maybe a farewell for the for a farewell, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the cells. Just anyone who's likely to be gone at the end of the season, just give them a run out. No one gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, get be four right. I mean, finishing fourth is not exactly a bad achievement, is it? I'm the same what, as you lads. Do you know what though? You know what Eddie Howe's like. You probably fucking <laughs> plays strongest eleven. You know what he's like. Strongest like Indiana there. Jones on the sideline, cracking the whip at everyone. Come on, lads! <laughs> Mark, Mark says he'll have a run out. He'll, but the thing is, Mark will, have a run out, Mark will have a run out for two minutes and get really badly injured and be out for like 19 weeks. That's just vintage Mark, is that? <laughs> he'll agree with that in the comments. Yeah, well, the podcast could be quite good in midfield. Might be the six we're looking for. Uh, Cushy says, "Can my dog play?" It'd be quite funny. You, you could just imagine like Bruno's misses, like packing a suitcase, is ready to go, and he's going. He fucking wants us to play. What the fuck do you mean? I'm the taxi's outside <laughs> waiting to go to the airport. What are you playing at? You said yeah. you were going to be off this week. So yeah, I'm the same as you, lads. I think there'll be loads of uh, loads of changes. I do agree with Peter's comments. I'd love to finish above Man United. That would be sweet. Um, be but nice. I'm more excited. If Clippity doesn't get into the top four, that's that's the bit I'm really, really interested about this season. Clippity's sad little face. We will be resharing that gif when someone told him Alexander Gore wasn't there loud and he looked really sad and crestfallen. We will be sharing that from the Twitter account on, on numerous <laughs> numerous <laughs> tweets. That's class, Kevin. Pearson might get a game, to be fair, the way he's playing. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised. Might be still He'll on the with his new whistle and flute on instead of any how. <laughs> He did it like he was going to a funeral, old Pearson. I must have been messed with that picture. I was, I, was, I was about to send my condolences, mate. But, uh, but yeah, as Richard says, there, come on, let's finish above. Uh, man, you, I think they'll finish up there above us, even if we beat Chelsea, not us. People don't see me be asked. Do you know what? I'm, I'm exactly the same, lads. Um, I love that one as well. Put Murdad in goal just for the crack. <laughs> Ian says, which is uh, is superb. But yeah, I'm with you guys. Yeah, he can't. 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 Yeah, he
was going to say, someone's going to have to take his goal kicks from him because he couldn't get it in the back of the net from him, Chips, could he? But, uh, but yeah, I'm the same as you, lads. I mean, doing the, the final match preview will be a funny one for me and Mark to do that prediction, that lineup. So we'll have to we'll kind of be putting a finger in the air. But yeah, I'm the same as you. I think there'll be a lot of changes. I think we'll see some of the periphery players um, getting a, get a game. Um, you know, I think Ashby's a really interesting one, Ash. I'd love to see what the kid mm-hmm. can do at Stamford Bridge against whoever they play. Maybe they'll play Mudrick if he's done taking the piss out of old fellas in a row machine at the gym, possibly, being a shit right. house. Maybe they'll play him. Maybe Ashby will go right through him and get the biggest cheer you've ever heard <laughs> in the whole game. But I've actually seen Ashby in, just in clips. And that kid is fast, by the way. He is yeah, fast, yeah. right? And he can so, score a free right. kick as well. And he's great from set pieces. He's very similar to Trippier, but he's so fast that... You know, if I'd be interested to see how the lad plays. I think Target, I think Target will go in the summer person. I don't think you'll want to be third choice left back, but you know, it will be interesting. But as you say, lads, it's one of them games, no pressure. We're not really bothered. Whatever the result will be, case or or we don't really care. You know, we've had an unbelievable season. You know, finishing fourth or third in this Premier League this season is a hell of an accomplishment. Massive well done to Eddie, massive well done to players, massive special well done to likes of War Flags, what they've done all season in yeah. the home games. They've had loads of props everywhere else. And you can't give them enough props. What they've done is incredible. I can't wait to see what those guys do at European football games next season. It's going to be next level shit. It really is. But that's us all wrapped up for this week, guys. Thank you so much to everybody who's been in the comments. It always helps the episode flow. As I mentioned at the start, consider subscribing. We're over 3,600 subscribers now, so more homework for Mark down there. Like the video, because he tells me off when I don't say that. Help the channel grow. Get it around YouTube. This is me and the lads signing off. Let's keep supporting that team. McCoy United, one more game left of an unbelievable season. And we'll catch you next time and ever more, everyone. See you later. Cheers, Cheers. everybody.